Mindfulness Mode 51. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. You're listening to Solo Weekends with Bruce, and today we're talking about vulnerability. So this is the first episode that I've done as a solo episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's just great to have you here, Mindful Tribe. We've done 50 episodes talking with fantastic people who have been open and vulnerable, really, in a lot of ways, sharing what mindfulness means to them. As a mindfulness coach, I have to tell you, I've learned a lot from them. I mean, I've been practicing mindfulness for a long time. I have a lot of thoughts on mindfulness and how it can really help you in your life and how you can implement mindfulness. I am a teacher, so I really love to teach and help others through my mindfulness coaching. But I want to share a little bit about myself. I want to not only share about myself, but today I'm going to be vulnerable in talking a little bit about vulnerability and what it means and what it can do for us. Well, I grew up on a farm. I'm from Canada. I live in Ontario, Canada, which is near the Great Lakes. And what a great place to grow up. You know, the the weather's beautiful. I mean, we have beautiful winters with great, you know, snow and winter activities and then beautiful summers where we just love spending time outdoors and I always loved riding my bike and being outdoors just almost all the time in the summer being barefoot and running around and playing and I mean what a great childhood in so many ways but I mean of course there's always a but I mean there were there were times when you know things weren't perfect of course not you know we're all human and we all experience different kinds of challenges you know fears and and uh, different things. And, you know, I'll be sharing more about that as we go along. But one of my biggest challenges was when I went into high school, I had a lot of anxiety. And all through high school, I, I just, looking back, I was just filled with anxiety. And I think the reason was, for the most part, because when I was in seventh or eighth grade, my voice didn't change the way it did with most boys. And I had this high squeaky voice and it extended all through high school. And I didn't know why this was the case. I didn't know why my voice hadn't changed. I didn't know, you know, I, I just, I, I wished it had. I, I thought about it. I wondered why I had this high voice. Sometimes I asked people and I remember I went to my guidance counselor one time and I asked him and he just, said, well, you know, some people have high voices, some people have low voices, you know, and, you know, thinking back, I think, okay, he didn't know what else to say. But when I get into college, I was really excited because I took a course, I was taking design, a course about design. And I just thought that was really interesting to learn about design and, you know, like different aspects of design, interior design, landscape design, building design I thought architecture could be cool all those things I was fascinated with but I was still saddled with this high squeaky voice and I would speak to somebody for the first time and they'd do a double take they'd look at me and they sometimes people would just say oh what's the matter with your voice and sometimes people would just look at me strange and you know I I didn't know what was going on but so in college I went to the college doctor and I talked to him and 
He said, well, I don't really think there's anything the matter with your voice, but if you want, I'll refer you to an ear, nose, and throat specialist. And I knew it was something that was really bothering me, so I said, yeah. So I went to this specialist, and the specialist said, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with your voice. This person checked me out and said, you know, there's nothing really wrong, but since you were so upset about this, I'll send you to a therapist I know. So I went to the therapist, walked in and said a couple of words. And right away, the therapist said, I know what's the matter with you. I can help you. I can help you find your true voice. She said, this happens with men. This is not something that's completely unusual. She said, I help two or three men a week who have, for some reason, not found their true voice and their voice didn't change properly or whatever. And so, I mean, it was like a new beginning for me. I went a couple of times for therapy. She helped me. I had this brand new voice. I was starting a new term at college. And I just thought it's like a brand new start. And I thought, wow, I could be a singer. I could be a speaker. I could be a teacher. I could be all these things that I never, ever had thought I possibly could be. And it was really, truly like a new life. And before long... Well, I mean, right away, I went out to some restaurants, some bars, and I went and I talked to them and I said, you know, how about if I came in and played the piano for you? I could play the piano and this would be something that I think your customers would really like. And so I ended up getting a couple of jobs playing in piano bars. And that was really exciting and fun. And I'd play songs for people. I'd play requests. And if I didn't know the song, I'd say to them, hey, come on back in tomorrow night and I'll learn that song for you. So that was a really important part of my life. And then I ended up going to university and taking music. And this was just like a dream come true for me. I mean, I just loved music so much and learning about music and so many different things that I had never learned before. So then eventually I became a music teacher and really enjoyed that. Taught all the band instruments, taught elementary school music. Wow, it was just amazing. Now, not every single day, of course not. I mean, there were challenges, there were different kinds of difficulties, but overall I really loved being a music teacher. But there was one thing that really bothered me and that was when kids were getting picked on, kids were getting bullied. And one day I was out on recess and I saw this one kid standing by the wall and he was he was a grade seven boy and I thought he had everything going for him. He was athletic, he was smart, he was he was musical because he was in my band, he was in my A V club and and I talked to the other kids, why is he hanging out by himself while everybody else is playing basketball? And the answer was he was being bullied. And I made up my mind there and then to really do my very best to do something to help this boy. And so I met with him, talked with him. I said, you know, I think I could do a lot more for kids that are bullied than I can do right here in my own school. And I asked him, I said, would you be in a video? I know it would be really tough but would you be in a video where you're sharing with the audience what you're going through? And then I would put together a musical program that I could present to kids in schools everywhere. And maybe you could help them just as I'm helping you to not be bullied anymore. And at first he said, no, I could never do that. And then 
about four or five days later, he came back and he said, Mr. Langford, he said, if I could even just help one student, one kid, it would be worth it. Yes, I'll be in that video. And I mean, we're talking about vulnerability today. And wow, can you imagine how that seventh grade boy must have felt? Because he opened up in front of that camera for an hour. I took an hour of footage with my videographer of him talking. I'm asking him all different questions and talking about how it felt to go through what he was going through and what he, if he could do anything, what he would do to help others and just so many questions. And out of that, we pulled together a video that was probably about three or four minutes that has been seen by hundreds of thousands of students. And I tell them he's not an actor. He's an actual grade seven student who has been bullied. And this is what he's sharing with you, his true feelings. It must have been so tough, but it's not helped one, it's helped thousands and thousands of kids understand more about what it means to be bullied and more about if you are bullying other kids, is that really something you want to be doing? You know, I mean, for some kids, they don't even know why they're doing this. That's very common. So I put together the anti-bullying program. It was a musical program, really reaching out to kids. And I wanted to make it really special so that they would remember everything, not everything necessarily, but so that they would remember the concepts and the ideas. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to be a, a DJ and I'll, I'll have a, a personality like a DJ and I'll, I'll do this. It'll be like kind of like a, a radio show. I'll be live on the air and, and that'll be like my alter ego. That's my on-air personality. And so I was Benny DL because my son was just around two at the time. And I thought, you know, I never want him to be bullied when he's older. I, I That's really important to me. And, and then I was thinking of a, a DJ name I could use when I was on the stage and doing this presentation. And I thought, Benny, Benny DL, Benjamin David Langford, that's his name. I, I'll use that as my, my DJ name. So I did. And day after day after day, I went into different schools, thousands of schools, usually four days a week. I'd have a different school I'd go to. I'd take equipment. I'd set it up to look like a radio station and I'd, be broadcasting live and I'd teach the children some role plays. I'd, I'd get a little group of children ahead of time before the assembly and teach some role plays and then they would do those role plays for the audience. And I mean, this was really incredible. It wasn't long before I realized that really this was about respect. If I really taught about respect and could really help children learn that respect is important and help them want to be respectful that in itself would reduce bullying. And so then it wasn't long after that until I realized, you know, so much of this has to do with just being happy in the moment. And because so many children would worry and be upset about something that happened the previous day, or they would be so worried about something that might happen tomorrow or might happen next week. But isn't that true for all of us? If we worry about the past, we worry about the future, it robs us of the happiness we should be enjoying now. And that's what mindfulness is. 
And so gradually, it wasn't all of a sudden, but gradually I started to learn more and more about mindfulness and how, you know, if we're happy in the moment, we're happy now, then it's really like discovering how to be happy in life. So I started meditating. I started really concentrating more on my breathing and taking a deep breath if I felt like I was a little bit stressed or I had anxiety. I would just fill up with air and close my eyes. And, and it just gradually built into, you know, me learning more about meditation. And as I learned more about meditation and mindfulness... I gradually started to implement that more into my programs, teaching children how they could truly be mindful. And I didn't necessarily use those words. Did I didn't necessarily use the word mindfulness, but I taught children that they could be happy in the moment and by not worrying so much about what might happen or what had happened, they probably wouldn't be so stressed out and then bullying probably wouldn't be an issue. And in teaching this concept of mindfulness, it also made it so that kids didn't bully so much. And teachers would tell me that. They would say, Bruce, you know, my class really, they've changed since you've been working with them. And they're not, they don't seem to bully each other so much. They don't seem to want to pick on each other so much. And then I started teaching teachers how to be mindful. And it just kind of evolved. And so now I'm a mindfulness coach. I still teach anti-bullying, but... I've implemented mindfulness into so much of it. And I did a stint at a school where I taught music students, but I used all kinds of mindfulness techniques with them. And when I left that school, they said, oh, you just made me feel so calm when we would come to the music room. Or they, you know, I, I, I questioned them and interviewed them. And they would tell me, you know, I just really like you as a teacher because you made me feel really happy. And I loved coming to see you. And, you know, and a lot of these are little kids who answered these questions and told me these things. And so I'm really passionate about sharing the message of mindfulness with the mainstream world. And that's why I started Mindfulness Mode, interviewing people. Now that I've done 50 interviews... I want to share more. I want to share with you. And that's why I ask you to reach out to me if you would, because I think that that's a way we can connect more. So today, you know, I've shared a little bit about vulnerability with my student who agreed to make the video, but it was a really vulnerable time for me too, to get out there and to be you know, I mean, I was backstage some days and I was just like really, really scared. You know, I I was like, I have to go out there in front of 800 kids and they could eat me alive. I mean, they could boo and they could carry on and they could hoot and holler. But I'm doing this thing. I'm just doing it. And so much of it is just about being brave and being strong and just facing your fears and just doing it anyway. And I mean, we hear that. And so I just jumped into it and I did it and I love doing it and I'm so glad I did it. But vulnerability, I'm going to share some quotes about vulnerability today. And one of the quotes that I want to talk about first is by Bob Marley. This really jumped out at me because Bob Marley said this. He said, being vulnerable is the only way to allow your heart to feel true pleasure. Wow. Now, Bob Marley is very... I mean, his music is raw, and I just really feel connected to some of the messages that he 
is sharing in his music, but just think about that quote again. Being vulnerable is the only way to allow your heart to feel true pleasure. How sad it would be if you really went through life without feeling true pleasure within your heart. And so that's what he's talking about. And the the sad fact is that in our society, being vulnerable is just not cool a lot of the time. You know, like we're taught from a young age that, you know, you tuck those feelings away. You don't share those thoughts, especially men, especially guys. It's not cool to be vulnerable. Well, if we're not vulnerable, then we're we're really cheating ourselves out of a huge part of life. Here's a quote for you. All you really need in life is to be more of yourself. That's a quote by Oprah. She says she thinks the reason she was successful or so successful as a talk show host was because she was vulnerable and she did show that piece of herself. How do you do that? And especially if you've been living your life up to this point not being vulnerable and not showing much of yourself? Well, that's a great question. I, I think you just you just have to think, well, okay, maybe I normally wouldn't tell this person this thing. Maybe I normally wouldn't share this thing. But you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah, we have to be guarded. We have to protect ourselves. I know that with anti-bullying, I have to be very careful that I don't let someone in front of an audience of their whole school, I don't let someone start opening up and sharing something that could be too much. They, it could be them being too vulnerable, and then they could be bullied afterwards even more than they had been previously. So, yeah, it's a fine line. We have to be really careful, but we have to step out and be willing to be vulnerable sometimes. Somebody said, vulnerability is the only bridge to build connection. So that's how we gain strong friendships, isn't it? By being willing to be vulnerable. Because if you have ever noticed, you know, you meet people and maybe you don't feel a real connection and then you just kind of clam up and you don't really share much. Well, nothing really happens. That that friendship really doesn't evolve into a true friendship. At least that's what I've experienced in Maybe you have too. When you have somebody you feel connected to and then you open up a little more, don't you notice that the the friendship starts to build and starts to connect? And so you do need to be vulnerable in a way to build those closer relationships. So I think vulnerability and honesty are very closely connected. And I read a book once that talked about attributes, it talked about being a better person. And one of the things it talked about was honesty. And it talked about how, you know, we maybe we think we're being honest and we're not, or maybe maybe we don't even think honesty is that important. Well, I'll tell you, after reading that book especially, I just made up my mind, I want to be as honest as I possibly can. And I really tried to be honest all the time. But sometimes I noticed... Even though I intended to be honest, I wasn't being completely honest with myself. And I thought, you know, honesty with yourself is where it really even starts. You have to be honest. If you're not being honest with yourself, there's something inside that's just not right, not being true. So, you know, that whole piece of honesty, I think, is so closely connected to being vulnerable because 
maybe you think you're being honest. Maybe I think I'm being honest and then I'm really not being completely honest to myself. Then I need to stop and think about that. And for me, maybe I need to write about it because that's how I can kind of get to the bottom of some of these things. Maybe for you, maybe you need to talk with a friend about it or maybe you need to just think about it or maybe you need to, I don't know, work through it in one way or another, but writing about it can really help. That's why I write a lot of articles, but I write a lot just for myself too. And then a lot of times I'll write just for myself and then stuff starts coming out and then I think, oh, that could be an article. And I found that if I'm writing an article for the Good Men Project, which I do quite often, it needs to have an element of vulnerability or else it really just doesn't have depth to it or it doesn't have meaning to it. As I'm writing stuff about my own thoughts, those vulnerable ideas come up and then I think of something for an article and then I write it. So you can check it out if you want to check out any articles of mine at goodmenproject.com and then just type in Bruce Langford under the search and you'll see some of my articles. And it'd be great if you felt like leaving some comments. That would be terrific too because that always helps us, any, any one of us who are doing online content. That is a real big help. Just like if you left a comment at the bottom of this post you know you just go to my website mindfulnessmode.com and then under the show notes of this episode which is episode 51 then you leave a comment there that can be very helpful to me as well so vulnerability maybe that's why sometimes we hold ourselves back and we don't we don't leave comments for other people or we don't think you know I'll reach out to that person well when I'm coaching clients on mindfulness It isn't until we get kind of deeper into things and either my client is a little bit vulnerable or I'm willing to be vulnerable with with my client. Those are the times when we really make progress. We really get somewhere. And they'll say to me, wow, Bruce, that's really helped me. That session today really was amazing. Or sometimes it helps me. As a mindfulness coach, I think, wow, I really learned a lot today from that session. So just different things about vulnerability. And you'll probably have some thoughts about vulnerability too that you might like to share with me. But here's a couple more quotes. Someone said, I think I fall in love a little bit with anyone who shows me their soul. This was a quote I found online and it says it's anonymous. They don't know who said it. I think I fall in love a little bit with anyone who shows me their soul. And that makes perfect sense. If I'm willing to show you my soul, but I have to know what my soul is. I have to be honest with myself. I have to have taken the time to discover what my soul is so that I even can share bits of it. So what does mindfulness look like in my day-to-day life? And how do I be vulnerable? I have a 14-year-old son and my wonderful wife, Darlene. I think that Every day I can build my relationship with my son and my wife just by being as honest as possible and just wanting to give. And to give, I just need to tell a little bit about myself and open up. And Like I can be really silly a lot of times and for some reason being silly kind of makes me feel really good. And But if I carry that too far, 
then it's like I'm hiding something where I would normally maybe be vulnerable. And I realize that about myself, that sometimes I, I cover my own vulnerability with humor. Do you do that? Have you ever experienced that? Or you cover your vulnerability with something else, maybe busyness, or maybe a false sense of identity, a false image of who you really are. Oh, I'm really this person that's ultra successful, and I'm really this person who... And then you stop to think, well, is that really who I am? So vulnerability, part of it is just identifying who you are and being willing to share bits and pieces of it at times with people. I think one of the things about being vulnerable is revealed when someone you know goes through a really hard time. Maybe somebody dies or or something like that. And then you think, oh, I don't know what to say to that person. Like, should I pick up the phone? I should. And then you don't. I don't know what to say to them. Just by doing it, just by stepping forward, that's like that thing I said, facing your fear and doing it anyway. Because it is a fear. You don't know whether you'll say the right thing or you don't know what to say. And so you pick up the phone and you talk to the person and maybe there's an awkward silence. Maybe there's like really strong emotion that isn't comfortable, especially for me as a man, you know. And yet afterwards, I'll be glad I did it to just reach out to that person and say, look, I know it's a really tough time. I just want you to know I'm I'm here for you. If there's anything I can do, if there's anything I can say, if there's anything I can help you with, maybe there's something I can do. And that's being vulnerable. You can't get to courage without walking through vulnerability. That's another quote. You can't get to courage without walking through vulnerability. Well, we need courage in life, that's for sure. Life's not always easy and we need courage. So it's interesting to remember that in order to have courage, you have to be willing to be a little bit vulnerable. I hope this has helped you just to think about vulnerability and just think about what it is and how it can help you, you know, to gain more courage, gain more strength. Vulnerability can help you with more confidence too, I think. But I'll bet you have some thoughts on this that you'd be willing to share. So the Facebook group is Mindfulness Mode Group. And just if you would just check in there and be a little vulnerable and just share a little bit of what you thought of this episode. You know, I'm hoping you'll share some ideas about some upcoming episodes, what you'd like us to talk about in upcoming topics. I've got some thoughts. Surrender, that's a big one for me. I want to talk about that. Intuition, mindful eating awareness breathing of course is huge with mindfulness and confidence and optimism those are just some of my thoughts of some of my upcoming topics i'd like to have an episode every weekend where i'm just talking about this and i'm sure it'll get a lot easier because this is something really new for me where i'm just turning the mic on and talking it's way different than interviewing and it's way different than coaching so Thanks so much, Mindful Tribe, for tuning in and listening. And I just welcome any feedback at all. I think you'll enjoy tuning into my next episode with Brandon Beecham, 
episode 52. He has so much energy and he loves to talk about synchronicity. And I really enjoyed talking with him and I think you'll enjoy it too. So check out Brandon Beecham and have a great weekend. I'd love to hear your feedback if you have thoughts about vulnerability. Oh, and if you feel like checking out our Facebook group, Mindfulness Mode Group, it would be fantastic to see you there. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.